Hello and welcome to another and possibly final episode of the Paso Paso podcast. Uh, happy to be here with you. My name is Miles and thanks to KNC for airing this. And thanks to everyone who's listened through all these episodes and uh, subscribed um, or streamed via their favorite podcasting app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. We are super excited to uh, share with you today in this episode the culmination of lots and lots and lots of work that has been put in by uh, Paso and specifically, um, mainly our uh, current coordinator, Mona. And uh, we're going to do a deep dive today into lots of information, outcomes, data, and otherwise, all information coming from you, our Taos community, those who responded to our outreach and her work. And uh, we're going to dive into that now. So thank you so much for being with us today, Mona. And um, did that sound accurate? Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me today, Miles. And again, my name is Mona Nojakum. I am the Paso Paso Network Coordinator, and I am happy to talk with you all today and report out some data that we've collected for the community needs assessment and let you know about our findings, which is really impactful and really centered Taos County Family Voice, which was a priority in doing all of this. And so, Again, the Paso Paso Community Needs Assessment, we really worked hard to pair family voice and provider input with local as well as state level data to provide a basis to help the Paso Paso Network identify opportunity areas that we can strengthen and really inform some strategic goals that we are going to work towards moving forward. And so our real findings, um, our real baseline is that, you know, inequities begin at birth and those impacts last a lifetime. So whenever we're looking at early childhood development, a child's brain develops faster from birth to age five than at any other time in their lives. And so whenever we look at the investments and the resources, uh, we really want to emphasize equitably investing in children in their first five years. And you can change everything. You can change everything about that child's life. And so I really want to hone in on the following conclusions that were drawn from the community needs assessment data. And so these conclusions are presented, you know, without regard to priority, because as they are, they're in most cases, they're interdependent, they're reflective of the entire Taos County community. And so the, this information is really going to inform our planning and be used as a key call to action for our work in early childhood, as well as systemic changes that we're looking to move toward. For sure. Um, and what are some, what are some of the kind of the touch points? Because this is a document that's very long that you submitted through your work. And today we're going to talk about just a handful of, of things that you thought stood out. Is that accurate? Yes, absolutely. And so again, one of the most important pieces of this was centering and being inclusive of family voice, because you all are the closest to this issue of early childhood. You're the ones raising these little children, our next generation, day in and day out. And you're the ones who have the closest proximity to any of these issues that impact our children. And so in doing this, we were able to interview, have conversations with 138 Taos County families, you know, were able to tell us about assets that we have, strengths that we have in our communities, gaps and needs that we have in our communities, as well as envisioning, you know, a real prosperous, equitable future. And 
So our first finding was that Taos County's children and families are diverse. We're incredibly diverse here in Taos County so that the programs and systems that we have that are impacting early childhood must meet the needs of those diverse populations and those diverse experiences. And so whenever I say diverse, that means um, looking at some data, our children's population ages zero to four specifically is the data that we honed in on um, disaggregated by race and ethnicity. So 64% of our children ages zero to four are Hispanic, 9% are non-Hispanic white, 6% are Native American, 0.3% are Black or African American, 0.5% are some other race, and 20% are two or more races. And that's across a lot of geographic regions, a lot across socioeconomic um, capabilities. And so we're going to dive into what that actually looks like coming from families. And so we were able to talk with families, discuss again kind of the the different needs that they're seeing the different gaps that they're experiencing and so and as well as the assets and so four themes emerged from family responses whenever we were talking about strengths and assets of raising children in taos and that was that one we have a really interconnected community and sense of community that's supportive and our communities come together for the good of children and two parents and caregivers reported that the close proximity to other family members and family support and help is crucial to caregiving here. Three, access to the outdoors, to mountains, camping, hiking is central to overall health and well-being here. And four, families really spoke highly of the many Town of Taos hosted family events such as Movies on the Green, the Touch a Truck, art events, holiday celebration, and others like Taos Plaza Live. And then we go into the flip side of that conversation. The following four themes surface when asked about the barriers or challenges that families experience while raising children in Taos County. So there were not enough activities or opportunities for young children. There's not enough childcare. There were not enough resources awareness, family supports, not enough quality health care, not enough high, high paying jobs or housing. And overall, when discussing challenges, care for children, whether that included after school care, after work care, child care for infants and toddlers or consistency of care came up time and time again in discussion. And then families spoke of affordability as an issue impacting housing, childcare, and the high cost of living acting as a barrier to overall caregiving. And then lastly, in this discussion, in response to these challenges, we asked families to describe a vision of a community where everyone has access to needed services, community supports, and connection, and that they would feel cared about by a support system that is clear, accessible, and responds to their individual needs. And so the following four themes emerged whenever we were talking about visioning, visioning what a beautiful, caring, supportive community could look like. And so families wished for access to free, high-quality childcare, behavioral health supports, and local specialized healthcare professionals, as well as fun after-school care. They also would like to see recreation programs that operate during school breaks and other free community events and activities. Addition to that, they would like to see more community spaces, including free, accessible spaces and activities, indoor play spaces and learning activities, and a center for youth of all ages. Mm -hmm. Lastly, 
They wish for more local healthcare specialists, increased behavioral health access, and free health insurance to build a more equitable community. And then next, we're going to move on to something that was a real, really highlighted and came out of discussion with families whenever they talked about affordability and not enough and not being able to access different things. And we dove into gathering data about the high cost of living and low incomes in the county impact families' ability to afford childcare, to afford housing, and meet their basic needs. And so whenever we look at Taos County data, um, children ages 0 to 17 living in poverty in Taos County is 24.9%. And whenever we look at across the state, New Mexico is also at 24.9%. And then whenever we, we zoom out and we look at the United States in general, this um, percentage for children 0 to 17 living in poverty is 17%. And then we dive a little bit deeper into that data. So what does that mean? So medium household income in Taos County is $41,973. And the United States medium income is $64,994. And we take that a step further. So whenever um, we look at the cost of living so that's taking into all these different considerations the mit cost of living for one adult with one child in taos county is sixty six thousand one hundred fourteen dollars got it way less so yeah it's, it's not it's not equal it's not what's necessary it's not what's necessary and i specifically looked into that one adult with one child um, number because here in Taos we have a really large percentage of single parent households with children. We are we're at fifty one point three percent, and in New Mexico, the average of that is forty four percent, and in the U.S. is thirty four percent. So we're really seeing these inequities um, happen whenever we have single parent households with children in Taos, and. Um, looking at that data across economy lines, economic, sorry. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's hard because I was going to ask, I'm thinking, well, I wonder what you, whether this is what you kind of expected or whether this is what PASO expected, but I don't know that that's known, you know, if this kind of aligns with what people thought ahead of time or whether there wasn't really a guess ahead of time and this is just kind of what came out of the research. Yeah, I think that, um, <clears throat> so to my knowledge, this is the first of its kind that's at least been done within the past 10 years. And so I don't think that there was a real baseline aside from, so there were, the town of Taos had recently done a Taos comprehensive plan, but again, that's specific to the town of Taos. And so we're looking at Taos County. Um, so this information is just really incredibly helpful to understand the ecosystem that families have to work in whenever they're trying to provide for their family's basic needs day in and day out. For sure. Wow. Um, and what were the ways in which you went about gathering this information? I, I know firsthand that I saw you at uh, Touch a Truck and some of the Town of Taos events, but just for the listeners um, who may be you know, absorbing all of this, what were the methods that you utilized to, to get this feedback from our community? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we we conducted this with a mixed methods approach of quantitative and qualitative. So I was giving you a lot of both whenever we were just discussing this. And what our qualitative data looked like was really building those relationships within the community with families, you know, consistently showing up at a lot of different town of Taos events, making sure, you know, hey, Paso Paso Network is here to connect you to the continuum of early childhood resources. But specifically, I attended the community day at the town of Taos's movies on the green, where we were doing interviews. So it was real quick, three minute interviews. And some of you are, are like, hey, yes, I remember talking talking to so-and-so about hmm. that. And also the Town of Taos Touch a Truck event, which was incredibly well attended. Um, a lot of families show up to that as well as the Cuesta Farmer's Market. And then we were able to do these really deep dive conversations with some participants at the Imagine Children's Museum, mm -hmm. which was great. We hosted family dialogue circles, as well as one virtually, um, where we hosted a virtual dialogue circle event. Wow. Now, um, the question on some people's mind may be, what happens now that this information is known? That's a great question. Um, so this information was really helpful in compiling all of this data into a succinct you know, document that we can look at, that we can strategize over, that we can really reflect upon as a community, as early childhood providers of services. And we're hopeful to move this forward and engage in a root cause analysis um, with a particular focus on issues of equity and collective action. So how can we move move the needle um, on some of these and really get to those systemic barriers. What's holding this problem in place? And then we're going to use all of this information to inform our strategic planning, you know, understanding those gaps and barriers and how can we fill that need and work towards what families really see would help their would help their children as well as their family unit in wow. moving forward. That's great that there will be that follow up because I know sometimes um, and to know you know could not to be critical but in recent initiatives in Taos um, not on this topic but of parallel topics schools etc there will be a whole lot of data gathered and then it's shared and it's kind of left and said figure it out so it's cool that there's some support it sounds like for this as a next step through if I understand it correctly both through Paso Paso as a Taos County uh, regional local network of people who are already in the early childhood field providing services to take this information and figure out what's the plan to address it but also it sounds like there's some support um, being listened to um, at the state level as well. Is that right? Absolutely. So these were also used as a part of this grant to inform state policy moving forward. And this is an especially important time, as um, so some folks might know, with the upcoming constitutional amendment number one on the ballot that has a lot of allocations specific towards early childhood um, education and care and support services and what that could look like. And so it's really honoring local community voice in that process, which is amazing. For sure. And as you mentioned, that was one of our recent podcasts, the upcoming ballot initiative in November that um, if apparently it's on the back of the ballot and if people support it and it, and it, and it passes, it'll um, change uh, the future of 
the amount of funding that goes to early childhood and young and families of young children and the children's experiences in our state uh, for many years to come. So that's something that we've been covering. And thanks for bringing that up again, as it is very timely. And um, actually, as I understand it, open voting is is open now. Um, if the, I'm going to vote early, but for those of you who vote and would like to, um, that's a possibility. Um, thank you so much for all of your leadership and dedication to this work and our community and for sharing it with us today. Um, is there anything else you'd like to let us know um, as we wrap up this uh, episode today? Yeah, I really, I'm really excited about this work. I'm, um, I'm really excited to talk to people about data and our findings. And so we're hopeful to also conduct some community roundtable discussions on the early childhood needs in the community. And so please be on the lookout for that information as we um, really work towards, you know, a coordinated and online early childhood system that is equitable and sustainable moving forward. And of course, we want to center family voice in that. And so that makes everyone in our community incredibly important. And so please, please engage as we move forward. Your your voice and everything about your experience is important in this process. Absolutely. Your opinions matter and, and uh, we're listening. Go visit uh, pasotaos.org to get in touch with Mona in the near future and visit uh, social media at Pasotaos and elsewhere and keep an eye out um, as things continue to diversify and broaden in our community. Thanks again for all your time and for all of your work today and um, have a wonderful day. Paso, paso, come this. Paso, paso. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs>